Welcome to another episode of Tututuga, the Everything Portuguese Soccer Podcast by the fans for the fans. My name is Kevin Jesus, Christian Ferrer, Mitch Ferrer, as always, and uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. And uh, we're going to be talking, of course, with the Salação Portugal. Whew, that was, uh, they never seem to do it easy, boys. They always have difficulties in qualifying for major tournaments. And uh, for a little while there, it looked like they were going to be in big time trouble against Northern Ireland. But thanks to our savior, Cristiano Ronaldo, yes, Mitch's favorite player, we were able to get the job done. Um, man, that game, intense. What happened? Well, honestly, we were uh, texting me and Mitch uh, back and forth. Uh, Fernando Santos, like, get your team right here. You know, we're still, like, I don't want to keep bringing this up. Uh, we did win, but honestly, I, I I personally believe, I don't know what you think about this, Mitch, that uh, Ronaldo saved his job. I don't think he'd get fired, but but I think he, he saved, you know, Fernando Santos. Yeah. <clears throat> I usually am with you on, on the Fernando Santos Rose train. Yeah. But in this particular game, um, I don't know that you can really fault Sanch that much because. Yeah. Hold on a second. You're actually defending Fernando Sanch. Is that what I'm hearing here? Not Breaking necessarily news? defending him, but if you watch the game, that team was just lackluster, especially in the first half. Like, couldn't put a pass together. And, and to Fernando Santos' defense, and this this goes, and Fernando Sanch kind of talked about it. Um, I think in uh, yesterday's press conference, but the the lack of time that he had to prepare the team. You got to remember, we played on what? What was the day that we played? Tuesday? Yeah. No, Wednesday. Yeah. We played on a Wednesday, right? There was teams coming off of games on Sunday. Like you had two days to, to prepare a team. He hasn't seen these guys since June. And you get two days to prep a team for a World Cup qualifier? No, every team's in that situation, though. For sure, yeah. But but to that like to, to that point, I I it's tough, man, because he's putting out a, a group of players, a lot of changes to the squad. It's tough to again get that try to get that chemistry going, especially because you know as well as I do, he came into this trying to you know, uh, enforce a very different mentality than the one that we saw at the year. He tried to put out a more attacking lineup. It was against the team that was going to sit back and defend. So it was to try and get some gel and chemistry with a group of guys that uh, it it comes back to it, man. When we're not playing as a team, we're Ronaldo plus another 10 guys on the, on the field. And whenever you got Ronaldo on the field, you've always got a, a chance, but that team just could not, yeah. Could not string it together. We could not. You, you, okay. There was you, no you chemistry. Bring, you bring up a really good point that I, that I want to touch on, and Christian, maybe you can touch on it as well. I, one of the issues watching that game is Portugal has a plethora of talent. I think we, we can all agree that we have an embarrassment of riches um, on this team, and it's something we haven't had for, for quite some time. But it seems like we're a team of individuals. We're not a team. So how do you fix that? Is that a coaching issue? Is that a matter of we just need to replace Fernand Sanch, as we've talked about before? Or is that just a situation of, you know, the guys just need to get the job done? So this might sound a little bit harsh, but it's just the way footy works. The responsibility always falls down on the coach. And I am with you. I I do understand what you're saying. I'm hearing you, Mitch, with uh, three days. Some players have, you know, or two, two two to three days. 
But this is not his, our first issues with him, man. He's, at the end of the day, he's got to put the team playing. We have superstars on the team. And a lot of the things you bring up, I 100% agree. Like, there's a mentality to, you know, everything around Ronaldo. But, again, that falls down on the coach. You know what I mean? You have to have a guy with Kuljoinj, you know, to go there and say the right things and motivate the team. At the end of the day, it's it's on him. And I'm going to just keep saying this. We appreciate everything Fernando Sanchez did. I, I love – I always – Hold a place for heart for Fran Sanch. He's part of our history. But if he can't get this team going, man, we can't just base it all on nostalgia. And, you know and I, mean? I agree with that, Christian, but you can't say that the game, it, there was any blatant coaching failures that caused us to be one nothing down until the 89th minute. Like, tell me, was there any coaching failures that you could see either tactically or player choice-wise that you could pin – that result on Fernand Sanch. Yes, of course. It comes down to player selection, who he's called up, so starting what, so 11, and tactics. what would you have done differently than what Fernand Sanch put out there that you think would have got us a different result? Man, again, I'm not the coach. I can go. I, I, already, gave, I already gave you multiple times of my starting Did 11. Did you have a problem with his starting 11? Yes. What was the issue with his starting 11? They're, they're like maybe Joe Mario could have started or other players could have started that, you know, a different, different mindset in the team. Different mindset. Dude, if team. he would have started João Mario over Bernard Silva, you would have lost your shit because you sat here a week ago saying that you wanted Bernard Silva. In the I'm not saying he has to start. I'm saying make make the team work. They're not they're not working. We're not getting the best out of players. Like I get what you're saying. I'm not saying it comes down time, to one. That takes time to build. And yes, could you make the argument he should have already a better chemistry and a better core eleven to work with for sure? But in a slice zone, you're always going to have. The challenge of there's always going to be players coming in and out, potentially players that aren't aren't fit come match day, and there's always going to be a challenge of trying to get chemistry, especially when a lot of these guys do not play together. Yes, I it's, know it's a huge challenge. I know what now. you're saying, but how much? And I don't think I honestly don't think it was down to coaching. These guys just weren't up for it. Ireland was up for it. Yeah. These guys were winning every 50-50 ball. They were defending like their lives depended on it. I'm going to tell you what I think is the problem. And you guys are going to bust my balls. But here's what happened. How many, how many completely pointless crosses went into the box in 90 minutes? How many? Man, the whole game. They couldn't take a pass together. This is the thing. When... The slash song plays with Cristiano Ronaldo, and there's no other chemistry going on there. The failsafe is pump it into the box and let's hope Ronaldo gets gets ahead on it. And that's what we did for 90 minutes until it worked. So Mitch, again, falls back on the coach. Why doesn't the coach go in there and fucking say something? Like, I don't want to keep beating on Fernando Sanch. I 100% listen. I'm listening to what you're saying. You're 100% right. But again, it falls down on the coach. He's the leader of the team. He's the one that has to step up. Maybe be like, Chris, you're not rolling. Not fucking taking free kicks no more. Or stop fucking stringing in passes. No, somebody else do something. That's the coach to motivate. You need a guy with Kuljoinj there. And I'm sorry, it's not just the players that are all like that with Ronaldo. It's the coach. The coach will never say anything bad to him. Will never fucking do anything to him. You know what I mean? So again, I I, I don't want to be a this is a, I don't want to be a solo and just blame everything on the coach. I get it, but this is not the first game. I know what you're saying. Two or three days, maybe it's a little bit harsh, but this has been going on for a long and, time. And that's just it, man. A fault of the day is like the, the there's team, exactly the team has has no creativity, and literally it was just constantly 
Let's pump it into the box and hope Ronaldo latches so, a header onto it. I'm going to ask I mean, you a question. I mean, it's hard to argue it because it ended up working. But but our team should not – it's too talented to be trying to to rely on just just aimless crosses into the box for 90 minutes. Like, you, it was, it was so think painful to watch. Fernando Santos can play a system outside the two trinks or that defensive onset. That's where I'm – that's where I'm sort of getting worried. I don't know, like for what he did in Euro 2016 with the defensive mindset, motivating the team, gelling them together, that works. Listen, but do you dude, think he I, has an offensive? He can build an offensive team, free flowing soccer. I don't. With I agree with you. He's not the right guy for That's the job. But thinking. guess what? He's not going anywhere. I understand. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be there until at the very least the end of World Cup, and unless we don't qualify, yeah. unless we don't qualify. Which had we lost that game was a very realistic yes. possibility. Yes. So Ronaldo saved his job. That's that's where I'm going going with it. So if we if we lose that game, do you think from such I think okay. Oh, if, if Portugal loses on, are you asking if Portugal loses against Northern Ireland or if Portugal loses their next game against Azerbaijan? If they would have lost. No, if they if would have lost, lost against the Republic if, of Ireland, do you think do you think Fernand Sench would have been fired? I think he would have been borderline being fired, yes. I, I think at that point it's it's as much as they respect him and as much as as he's done everything and everyone still has trust in him and i and i still personally think it's the wrong decision to get rid of him at this point just just given how close we are to the world cup at the end of the day results matter and you need to get the job done you need to get to the world cup and portugal was in danger of missing the world cup in a game that quite frankly they had no business making it that close Portugal should have been destroying them. Kudos yeah. to Northern Ireland. They played their hearts out. Mm-hmm, they they played extremely well. And it's just unfortunate that Portugal are playing like individuals instead of playing as a team. And this is where, you know, they always say a broken clock is right twice a day. And and Mitch, I'm going to give you credit for the first time in a long time. I'm just kidding. But um, you're almost right. After watching that Qatar game, Maybe Portugal does play better without Cristiano Ronaldo. So to that point, I brought some stats. You guys know all know I like my stats. I brought some you stats. You love your stats. So I pulled up some stats. I compared, I did a comparison of essentially the last five games that the Slesson played with Cristiano Ronaldo and the last five games the Slesson played without Cristiano Ronaldo. And before you guys say anything, I filtered out the pointless friendlies like the one we seven nothing win against Andorra. So I just did either World Cup qualifiers or Nations League games that we played without Ronaldo, and the last five games that we played with Ronaldo. Here are the stats: the last five games that we played with Ronaldo, we have two wins, two losses, and a draw. The scoring was nine to eight between those five games, and the goal scores were seven goals for Cristiano Ronaldo. One goal for Jota and one goal for Rafael Guerrero. Okay. The last five games that we played without Cristiano Ronaldo, three wins, zero losses, and two ties. The scoring, 11 to three. And goal scorers, Jota three, Bernardo Silva one, Andre Silva one, João Felix one, Bruma one, Elder Costa one, Eder one, Pep one, and João Cancelo one. So whose fault is that though? So man, I, I sorry, I got I gotta say this. I gotta jump in here, man. I, I am not going on this narrative that we play better with Ronaldo. I'm sorry. It depends the game. Dude, we were also stats. in a Euro Cup. 
we stats played Germany. Like we it. played big, big teams. Stats don't lie that he has 111 goals for the national team. Guinness world record. Fucking saved their ass against Northern Ireland. Something. I can't sit something. here and bash the guy. I'm gonna I ask can't. You something. Was he on the field when we won the Europe? He motivated the team. You, you're telling me if Ronaldo didn't go down. I'm asking you, the way was he, he on is. the field? Hear me out. Hear me out. If Ronaldo didn't go down the way he did. Who won the Euro? They wouldn't have won. What 11 players and won the Euro? Let me ask you this. What 11 players won the You think they the would have been there without Ronaldo? I'm asking you, what 11 players won the Euro? Ronaldo was there. For Ronaldo did play. Minutes. He was there. For and he motivated minutes. the team. And he leaded them from the, the I'm telling the you, as a team... We played better okay. without him. What if we got That's there without him? That's what if we got there without him? I'm not saying he's not a part of the team. I'm saying as a team, we play better without him. With him, we are Ronaldo plus 10. That Those stats show it. With Ronaldo, he is a force. He is a force. Okay. But we play Ronaldo plus 10. Let me get, let me get this straight. 10. That's he it. fucking pulled us out. Won us the game, 2-1. 100%. Ronaldo and we're going to sit here and say we're better without him. He was Ronaldo plus 10. Listen, we... Do you think we played listen, well as a we team? we had generations. No, I'm asking you. Do you think he played well as a team? Do you think we played well as a team? Or was it Ronaldo plus 10? Yeah, but that that's what I'm saying. That goes back on the coach, no? Or is that Ronaldo's fault? Dude, yeah. Partially the coach's fault, but nobody's ever going to pull him out of there. Don't... Okay, do you not... Would you not rather... Us play extremely well as a team for 60 to 70 minutes and Ronaldo come on in 60 and 70 minutes but would you not prefer that? Okay, but what has Ronaldo done to deserve that? The stats show it. The team doesn't play well with him on the field. Man, that's so nitpicked because it depends who you're playing, right? It depends the, the stage of the game. It depends so many things, man. It depends so many things. A, a fucking game. I'll in- tell you one thing. I have yet to see a game with Ronaldo on the field for 90 minutes that I that I sat there and jaw dropped said wow we played phenomenally well ever not that I can remember dude not not with this generation of players no I, I can't tell me, I, tell me a game that that we played as a slut sound with Ronaldo on the field Wales semi-final it was one of the best games I've seen Portugal play that's a semi-final of a Euro Cup to make it to the Euro Cup final we played fantastic Ronaldo scored a banging header we were flying on all cylinders. I can give you so many games. I, I think was- we're I think we're kind of missing the point here, though. And I and I think the the thing that we need to to look at is is let's not kid ourselves. Of course, Ronaldo uh, needs to be on the national team. No one is saying that. I think it's important that he's there in a big game. You want him playing. You absolutely 100%. do. You 100%. always want your biggest players in your lineup. There's no doubt about that. However, it is a real issue that scoring immediately dries up when Ronaldo's there because it does seem to be they're always wanting to feed him. So is that an issue where the players just need to man up and realize that, hey, we all need to step up. It can't just be feeding Cristiano Ronaldo. Is that something that Fernand Sanchez has to jump in on? Is that something that Cristiano Ronaldo has to say, guys, I'm putting my ego aside here. I'm going to help lead you. This is the the problem. Ronaldo's ego is larger than life, and I don't care what fucking coach you have in there, unless it's Mourinho, Mm -hmm. who has potentially a bigger ego than Ronaldo. You're not going to fix this problem. Because anytime you clash with Ronaldo's ego, like it happened with Mourinho and Ronaldo at Real Madrid, you're going to have problems. Nobody's going to sit there. Like, as a coach, dude, he knows we have World Cup qualifiers. He knows how important he is 
He knows he's on a yellow card. He goes and takes his shirt off at the end of the game. He's yellow carded. He missed the game against Azerbaijan. You're going to tell me that's not selfish? Okay. I got to tell me that's not I, I got to jump in. Here. As a coach, I would be fucking livid. I would be down his throat. I don't care if you got a banging personal record. That's a stupid mistake, but it's his ego, dude. Okay, listen. How, can, how can you walk up to a person and be like, you're too good. You're scoring way too many fucking goals. You're killing the team. Okay. He's one of the greatest winners. Ever in the history I'm of soccer, he's that, got dude. five champions. I'm not arguing he his won in every country he's played in. I'm not every single time, Real Madrid, where they have won five or uh, four Champions Leagues. I'm not him. arguing his greatness. They have not won without him. Okay, it's the players' fault. It's the players' fault around him. It's not Ronaldo's fault to be too good. If the other players are not performing around him, they need to take accountability. You put players in there that can. We have a fucking crazy amount of talent For that sure. would, would die to play with him. If it's not working. I'm sorry to say this, whatever. It's on the coach. If Portugal's not playing good with Ronaldo, it's on the coach, not Ronaldo. Because Ronaldo, you're too good. You're scoring too much. You demand too much attention. It's your fault. You can't play. Like, how does that make sense? But he's not even doing that. He's not doing what? He's not even making that decision. He's not even making that call. Fernando? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So we're saying that we're, we are arguing about different things. You're, you're bringing up a point, and it could be true. That we're not playing, we're not gelling as well with Ronaldo. Okay. But what I'm saying is, that is Fernando that's fault. Fernando Santos' fault, not Ronaldo's and fault. Potentially. And, and I agree. I agree. He's that's, not the that's right my man point. for the job. I agree he's not the right man for the job. But I also think I'm just making a general observation that we play better, whether it's it's due to Fernando Santos or not. We play better as a team, as a collective, without Ronaldo on the field. We, have we get the better, we get a better performance out of. 11 men on the field with Ronaldo out than we do with Ronaldo. In. I would That's like to I'm see thinking. that in a fucking game like we've played against Northern Ireland, a game like we played against Sweden, a game like those fucking Dude, we guys. won the fucking Euro to 2016 without him on the field. What but, are you talking about? But we about, also man? won we because of him. Oh, and I agree with I agree with that. We won because of him. I agree with that. But you can't you can't take that Euro win without Ronaldo because you you can hate on him all you want. We have not. We would not have won that Euro if Ronaldo didn't go down like that. It gelled the team together. They wanted to win for him. I agree, but don't sit there and say that we can't do it. Don't say that as a team we can't do it without. I don't think we would have won the Euro without with Ronaldo. That team that we had, we would not be in that position to to potentially win the Euro. Okay, but what what happened in 2016? I mean, that's five years ago. Nobody cares about that anymore. What what matters is World Cup 2022. So Portugal right now and Serbia. Tied for first place, 10 points. Big game coming up against Azerbaijan. It's crazy to say that Azerbaijan is a big game, but it legitimately is because they give us a difficulty. They give every team a, some difficulty, and they're having to do it on the road in Azerbaijan. So without Cristiano Ronaldo, does Portugal beat Azerbaijan? How does that game look? You guys gave me your rosters. Did you want to talk about that now, or do you want to just talk a little bit about, about your thoughts on the game first? We can, we can do the rosters if you want. All right, go ahead. Start. Who wants to talk? Okay, yeah. So, uh, obviously, a lot of players missing. Inacio's out, Pot's out. A couple other players went down with injury. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm going to put Moutinho going in. He has a lot of experience. Uh, I also put Trinko in because they have that chemistry with Wolves. We need some pace on the wings with Jota and Trinko feeding in the ball. So, Andre Silva. Uh, I put uh, Bruno, uh, Bruno Fernandes in behind. 
Hopefully you can get the most out of him in that cam role. Maybe he can bang a couple more goals for us. Uh, Padina's in there, good ball winner in the midfield. We got Menge, a little bit more pace on the wings to feed balls to Andre Silva. Same thing with Cancelo. Yeah, that's probably the team I pick. And I think I, like, I think I like we win. Trincon. I think Trincon came in really well. Yeah, against Qatar, he's 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 that creative player that's willing yeah. to take on a guy one on one. He can beat a guy, get a good cross in, yeah. cut in with that left foot. He yes. likes playing on the right yeah. to cut in on his left. And he played great against Man United. Really good. Yeah, game. he did for, for yeah. probably the, one of the best games I've seen him play. Yeah, yet. yeah. All right, Mitch, Let's, take us through your roster. Yeah, very similar to Christian's. Um, I'd go with Romario over. Um, over Moutinho in the middle. I just think he came in really well uh, against Northern Ireland or uh, Republic of Ireland, sorry. Um, and I think he's just, he brings a little bit of that creative flair that we could use in the midfield. Uh, Gads also came in really well against Ireland. Yeah. Um, nice cross. He's in really good form right now. So I, I probably start with him, uh, Jota and Silva, uh, Poligna kind of sitting back in the midfield. Uh, the only other thing that we would, I guess, disagree on is Menz. Uh, I honestly, Man, I, I, he's a great player. I just still don't think he's good enough to be taking Guerreiro's place at, at left back. I still think Rafael Guerreiro is is far more experienced, far better, especially in an attacking role. Uh, I'm a big fan of Guerreiro, so that's that's my lineup. I'm kind of uh, relieved, to be honest, that Ronaldo won't be there. <laughs> I mean, that was that's been 22 minutes of debate basically about Ronaldo. I love it. Uh, hey, how about uh, though Portugal did play well against uh, Qatar? I mean, I, and I know it's Qatar, I know it's a friendly, things are very different that way. But again, we talk about players really stepping up and really starting to show themselves. And I mean, hey, you guys criticized the decision for this guy right here, Otavio. He got the job done, he 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 played pretty darn well. I gotta say, he was one of the best one of the better players on the field for, for Portugal. So I, I'm still not a fan of the call-up of Otavio, but he's there. Uh, and if he's helping out with goals, I'm I'm all for it. It's all good. I, can't, very well. I can't judge a game against Qatar. I'm sorry. It's like they, Their quality is completely different. We, anybody would look good uh, against Qatar with our pool of talent. So, yeah, he did good. I'm not taking nothing away from him. He scored a nice goal. Great draw for him. I just I it's Qatar. I like See, this. But so so here's to the, to this point. Fernand Sanchez came in, made wholesale changes to the entire squad. I think almost eleven changes to the squad. Um, there was changes at every position. See, this is my issue with Fernand Sanchez. You don't get a whole lot of games to to try to get the chemistry. And I think if we all can sit here and agree that the chemistry is really the, the the major problem with our Slesson. You need to take advantage of friendlies like this to get these guys playing together. Because guess what? He made 11 changes against Qatar. He's going to make 11 changes against Azerbaijan, arguably. Like, as a coach, man, you need to, you really need to take advantage of these friendlies to try to start to get that chemistry together. So all the guys who played together against Qatar... For the exception, maybe Andre Silva. They're not going to be playing against Azerbaijan. Yeah, that's why I'm a, a big fan of the Nations League. Nations League, I thought it was a really great format because it, it was, gives them more. It gives them more time, more time to rotate and and play a little bit more competitive games. Although they're not most likely their starting eleven, but like yeah. you, you're adding on, it's good to see different players there, right? Yeah. So I, I am a big fan of, of the Nations Leagues for that for that reason. 
when you're going into like a, a qualification game, yes, it's it's hard to uh, pick a starting eleven, get that chemistry going with when right away, like you mm-hmm. said, two or three days in. Well, especially because you have because I don't know if you realize this. So we played in Portugal and we had to fly to Hungary yeah. to play this Qatar game. And then yeah. we're flying to Azerbaijan with all the travel time. You're not getting a ton of training time. Yeah. yeah. So like the game against Qatar, in my opinion, as a coach, you want to put out the the probable starting eleven that you're going to be putting out against Azerbaijan to make sure that these guys are getting some practice playing together in a competitive environment. Like I, I don't get that mentality. I, I get that you want to see different players, but the game right before a qualifier against Azerbaijan is not the time to make eleven changes to the starting eleven. Like I, I just to, to, but to you have point. the opportunity to do so though, because that when when you have a situation where you don't have a lot of time to prep, unfortunately you have to deal with the cards that you play with the cards that you're dealt with, right? And and I don't think that was a bad decision. In fact, I think it was a great decision because I think you saw some confidence building, you know, and, and I and I'm very curious to see how you know Bruno Fernandes ends up doing here against Azerbaijan. You know, Joao Mario has been just a stud since rejoining the national team. Like, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think it's going to be. So, uh, I think it's going to be a big move. Yeah, just to add on to that real quick. So it's what as a coach, it's also tough because you don't want to play your best players against Qatar too. Because if they get hurt, you know what I mean. Somebody takes a knock. Now they can't play against the qualification game in Azerbaijan. Also, I know it's not his job to think about this, but. You know, a guy gets hurt in a friendly game, misses the Champions League game. You know, or, I have no or, problem or Azerbaijan. In, in switching out a couple of, like, giving Anthony Lopsch a starting net. Yeah. Great. Give give Dominguez Duarte a start at, at, at center back and give Pep a rest. Like, certain key elements you want to swap, like, at, at most, four changes, including a keeper. But try to keep the core players together so that these guys can build on their chemistry. Like you want to yeah. slot in an Otavio just to see how he does in a game like this and sit uh, either Bruno Fernandes or, or, you know, someone else. Sure. But to, to make 11 wholesale changes, to me, that it's 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 a waste because most of these guys aren't going to play against Azerbaijan. Yeah, because you're going off the base of chemistry, right? Exactly. You're, you're, you have a limited amount of time to build chemistry. I get that's where you got to have a balance, right? Yeah. Do you want to play a, a, a like a starting play, like a star player, quote unquote, against Qatar and get him hurt, or do you want to build your chemistry? So it's it's just that balance that it's yeah. it's tricky to to you know figure out. Yeah. So the debate heats up about the Salasau, and no doubt the debates will be heating up later this week as we get the first big three meeting of the season. Sporting taking on Porto. My goodness, that's going to be a huge game. And uh, we've talked about it before. Even though it's early in the season, there is uh, very little room for error, obviously, in the, in the Portuguese Liga. So what happens here? Because Sporting, Christian has made uh, a couple of changes to their roster, some significant changes to their roster. Yeah, so uh, we're, I was talking about him a little bit earlier, Nuno Mendes. He was the third highest or second highest, maybe don't quote me on that exactly, uh, selling left back in the history of football, if he does, if end, he up does end up going. Uh, yeah. It's a $7 million loan deal plus $40 million, uh, option to buy. Uh, in coming back was a player, Sarabia. So he were going to be... Uh, Missing this player, he's a really good player. Uh, Nuna Menji did really good for us. Big key element for us winning the league. 
so, where yeah. do you see Sarabia slotting in for for so I was actually by the uh, way just look at all these trophies can we just talk about all the trophies <laughs> domains look at all those trophies and anyway. uh he was uh 18 when the, when these pictures were taken so he's very young prospect very good very good player lots of anyways talent. Mitch asked about Sarabia yeah so Sarabia this is going to be tricky because I was talking with a, a really good friend of mine. He's a sporting fan uh, where we'd slot him. So he could play multiple spots. He could play as a false nine, which he's done for Spain. Uh, his his favorite position is right wing. That's actually pot spot or left wing. Or even crazy enough to say, you can even take uh, Mateusz Nunes spot in the midfield as like a cam, almost like a Bruno Fernandes role. Where I would slot him, it's tricky. The way Paulinho's playing, I could play him as a false nine, mm -hmm. playing off Jovan Pot or uh, Nunmenj Bot. Uh, so I'd like to see him there, but I think he would get slotted on the left. So it'd be uh, left wing. So he would take over Jovan Cabral. Yeah, I think that's where, he's, where he might go. It's it's tough because that's such a beefy position. We have Nunsanch. Jovan, and then now him. I, I could see him slotting on the left. Because he's not going to take pots. No, 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 no. no. Place, Definitely right? not. Uh, so, yeah. It's what, he could play as false nine or left wing. That's where I think he's going to go. Because Mateusz Dune just playing really well. So, that, that's where I think he's going to go. So uh, is this a must a, well, it, but Before you get to the point you're going to make, is this a must-win situation for either team? Or is it still too early? My heart says it's a must-win. But I think it's a little bit early. Um, I think a draw here, it's still a pretty good result, especially for, well, we want to win, obviously. And we're at home, we, sh we should go to win. But after playing already Braga and Porto and family come away, a draw here is not not the end of the world. Like, it would be a poor result, but it it's not a must win, I don't think. You don't I think it's a must win? I don't think so. I, don't, I think it's you can't lose this game. But to be a must win, I don't think it's. A I don't know with the way. If you could beat Santa Clara, yes. And Sporting draws and Port draws, you're now five points. Is it five points back? Let's, let's take a look works? right now. Let's take a look right to? now. Yeah. Benfica right now has uh, 12 points. So Sporting and Porto both behind with 10. So, yeah, it would be a five so point difference so if four, someone so loses. Four. Four points. Four points. Four point difference. So, because Benfica would go to fifteen, and then Sporting Porto would each have eleven. So it's. Oh, I, I thought you were saying if they one of them lost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, if they tie, you're yeah. four points back. If you lose, you're five points back. So yeah, if you lose a five point, yeah. So, but don't forget, Benfica hasn't played Sporting, hasn't played Porto, hasn't played Braga. You know, there's a lot of big mm. games. We already we'd be going in playing Porto already, Braga already, Pamuco away. I know a lot of people don't. See, fumbling going away is a big, big game. We personally have a lot of problems with that, so that's a big, that's a big game for us. So those are already three huge games that we played, you know, and being four points back. So Bifik would have to go and beat Sport, and they'd have to go in and beat Porto. They'd have to go in and beat Braga. That's also a big ask, right? So that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's end all, be all. If you guys lose, we want to win. It's very important to win. I'm going to emphasize that. I just don't think it's a must, point, no. must yeah. win. I, and I'm going to disagree because I think it is a must win, especially for their confidence, because you've got the game against Porto, you've got a Champions League game a few days later, and then if they end up losing, Benfica presumably will beat Santa Clara, but that game will be tough too because Santa Clara is no pushover, but presumably Benfica will win that. 
Well, then now suddenly you're getting all that pressure on, especially if they don't get a result, a favorable result against Ajax. I believe Ajax is their first game in the Champions League. Well, now you're going to start getting that panic, and then you're going to start getting in your head, and then that becomes an issue. And that's where I think sport. That's where it might become the must-win situation there for for Sporting. I, I know what you're saying, but we were talking about this last week. This is one of the most competitive Portuguese leagues in a long time. Like people are going to drop points. Yeah. Porto's going to drop points. They already did. Bifica's going to drop points. Porto's going to drop points. That that that's my point being where I don't mm-hmm. think it's hit the panic button. We we don't beat Porto. You know, Porto's a big team. Yeah. Uh, we want to win. I'm going to emphasize that again. We should win. We're at home. But I don't think it's hit the panic button. The league's done. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I do personally think that other teams are going to be dropping points as the year goes on. So, Mitch, for Benfica, uh, you had mentioned before that Champions League is kind of their main focus here. Just given their hot start to the season, does that change anything going into the Santa Clara game? Well, I think the big the big thing was just getting in. from More from a financial perspective, Benfica needed the 37 million euros to get yeah. into the Champions League. So now that that pressure is off of Zerzuz, it's kind of a, oh, okay, now, now we're in. Let's let's see how it goes, kind of thing. Um, I, I mean, because it's results driven in terms of the financial uh, rewards in Champions League, every game is important. So I think you know, as a, as a team, they're going to still want to focus on that. Um, you know, but again, I think Befik is in in the you know has the luxury of relying a little bit on their depth to still get them the results in the Liga, while you know, you know, banging out some results in in Champions League. So we're playing Dinamo Kiev. It, you know, I think that's that's going to be a fairly easy win for us. Yeah. It should be anyway, the only one in the group. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, we're going up against Santa Clara. You know, everybody knows Santa Clara's having a lot of issues in terms of COVID yeah. and, you know, players being out injured and they lost one of their key guys, their, their key forwards there. Uh, so I think Bifika should, even with, you know, a, a, a secondary starting lineup uh, we'll call it and they should still be able to get a win out of Santa Clara and then be able to to bring in some players um you know uh, fresh against uh, Dinamo for Do you the think Champions. they're going to get out of the group? Dude, I'm always going to say yes. Uh I know but, but with your heart my heart yes, says yes. Great my, my brain says it's it's really going to come down to you know They won't finish I, last. I don't they think won't, we'll finish, they won't finish last. No, I don't think we'll finish last for sure but I think the most beatable team is going to be Barcelona um, just because, you know, they're, I don't think Barca is, I mean, they're still Barcelona. It's still a very good team, but they're just not as I think uh, dangerous as they were in, in the past. Anytime you lose somebody like a Messi, you're, you're losing a, a, a major, major threat. So, I okay. But there's hold on a second though, but does, does George Jesus get intimidated by the name Barcelona? Is it easy to get intimidated? I don't don't think Jesus gets intimidated by anyone. (laughs) Oh, I disagree. I I I disagree. I think he does. I think he gets into his head. I think it changes the way his his style of play is. Yeah, I can see Benfica holding back and just playing like a really slow, boring game against Barcelona, which you have to change the way you play against certain teams for sure. And I just wonder if it gets into his head, saying, "Wow, you know, we're going up against Barcelona." To your point, I agree. I think Barcelona is beatable. I think they're a much different team. But sometimes when you go up against those teams, it just makes all the difference in the world. And historically, uh, Mitch can emphasize this a little bit more. Uh, George uh, 
Georges doesn't have a really good Champions League record. Yeah. I know he got in. It's a different team. He has a lot more depth now. There's a lot of different variables. I do get that. But historically, he does not but have hard, a good Champions League. To argue that, though, he's he has a very good Europa League record. Yeah. Took us to two finals. Yeah. Lost in both Lost. finals, but yeah. took us to two finals. So, he, yeah. I mean, he may not be very good in – may Champions not have League. a very good Champions League record, but in Europe in general, he does yeah. have a good record with, with people I, specifically. I will say in 2017, I was at the uh, Sporting uh, Barcelona game at uh, Stadio Avalad, and Jorge Jesus was obviously at the time uh, in charge of Sporting. And quite frankly, he did a pretty good job because Sporting should have come away with at least a 1-1 draw. They ended up losing 1-0 to Lionel Messi in Barcelona. But you guys are talking a lot about picks, so you know what that means. It's time for our panel picks. Hands up, then we gonna drop. All right, boys, time for the Tututuga panel picks, and it was a very interesting week. Congratulations to Mitch for coming out on top of the week. He was 4-1. and one. Uh, He got everything right. We all got the Canada game wrong. I, did you guys happen to watch that game, by the way? No. No. It, it was it. intense. It was one of the like most exciting games that I had seen in a long time. In, in Canada, Honduras, there were 13,000 fans at BMO Field, and you would have thought that it was a European uh, powerhouse uh, type game. Like it was, the fans were on their feet all game. The atmosphere was electric. Canada played extremely well, um, so it was really exciting to see uh, all of that play out. But again, Mitch, uh, you are the big winner, four and one on the. You called correctly to the Republic of Ireland, Azerbaijan. You said it was going to be a draw, and you got that one right. So uh, well done there. So let's take a look at uh, our picks for this week. So here we go. We've got, uh, let me just pull this up full screen. There, perfect. Um, Portugal, Azerbaijan, we're all going with Portugal. No surprise there. Serbia, Republic of Ireland, we're all going with Serbia. <laughs> Sporting versus Porto. I'm not going to lie here. Christian, you surprised me here picking the draw. You're always Sporting, Sporting. You're always picking with your heart. You're going with the draw. Are you scared? Not scared. I just, I just know how these big games go. They sort of cancel each other out. Um, I just I try to, you're scared. Try to pick you're, with, you're scared. No, I'm not scared. Not scared. Uh, I just <laughs> I have a lot of experience with these big games. Last year, we we beat Porto uh, in a cup game. We tied them twice last year. Uh, so I, I just see it going the same way. I think they're going to cancel each other out. Porto's in great form. How do you feel about Ruben Amorim pulling out? Because I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a a, a coincidence that Gonzalo Inácio, Pedro Gonçalves. And uh, who's the other one? Kolach and Kolach got uh, and Mateus Nunes, all four big key players for Sporting. Yeah, uh, called back from the Slesson. Yeah, Porto got called back a player too. But honestly, maybe you you're right. Smart on Ruben Amorim because I don't think that's a coincidence. I, I think I, that's Ruben Amorim. You know what? I, I can't really comment. Maybe it is. I hope it's it's was like that because if they're hurt, if they're screwed. But maybe it's a big slap you to Fernand Sach too. He had Pot, the top goal scorer, to play one minute. So why is he going to go there and you know waste his time? I, I, if it's the player calling that, I don't agree with it. It's, it's Ruben Amoni, whatever, right? Uh, I'd like to see him play, but and I don't think Anasi would have played unless maybe it was against Qatar. Yeah. Pot historically didn't play a single minute in those games. No, so I think he would have got some playing time. Yeah, but maybe it's a it's a slap you to be. It's, I think it's it was more slap in the face. Got a, a massive game against Port. Yeah. And- Honestly, I, I was trying to save, if it, save his players. 
it's, it's tough because I never want to like prohibit a player from not playing for the national team. It's not my style. But long so, story yeah. short, Christian's scared. That was the point of the, the story, <laughs> the moral of the story. Christian is scared. He's going with the draw. Uh, we're all going with Benfica. Uh, USA, Canada, that game gets started here in about two hours, uh, being played in Nashville. Uh, both of you going with US. I'm going with the draw. I'm going with the draw simply because I think that uh, Canada is uh, has an explosive offense. And uh, the U.S. is not the team that they used to be. I really think that Canada will be able to pull out a, a, a point here. They need to because if they lose this game, suddenly that El Salvador game on Wednesday is going to be absolutely crucial for getting them in there. By the way, Stephen Vitoria uh, played really well for Portugal. It's so exciting to see him play um, for um, the Canadian national team. So uh, with that being said, we're done talking about Canada there, uh, but we were obviously talking about some Portuguese uh, star players. The Saji Star of the Week presented by Saji Pair North America. Visit SajiPairNorthAmerica.com for more information. Uh, Mitch, you have not given me your Saji Star of the Week, so you get to tell me on the fly who are you going with. On the fly? You want to on the fly Saji Star of the Week? Um <clears throat> I'm going to have to go with Otavio. You know what? He, I think a lot of people were criticizing him being called up. Um, and you know what? We were one of them. I still don't, as I said, still don't 100% agree with the decision. But you know what? The guy came out. And even with all the criticism, all the pressure, I know it was against Qatar, but he came out and he played really, really well. And he scored a goal, a beautiful header, by the way. That was that was a beautiful header. And uh, even in his post-game interview, lost his uh, Brazilian accent. So he's really going out. He's trying yeah. to show everybody he is Portuguese. And uh, kudos to him. Uh I you stole everything that I was going to say because I too was going with <laughs> Otavio. Uh, he absolutely I had to because I was defending his pick last week, so I would have looked dumb uh, not picking him. And why not? Because he did have a really solid debut with the national team, and I think that he's a guy that we need to watch out for in the future. To no surprise, absolutely no surprise, the most predictable person on our three-person uh, podcast uh, picks his Saji Star of the Week. This guy right here. Honestly, you're probably you two are probably the only two Portuguese players or people or fans in the world not to pick Cristiano Ronaldo this week for the Stagi Star. Two amazing. It's predictable. It's too easy. Amazing. It's low hanging fruit. You got to give credit where credit's due. That's I live by that. You who know what I mean? Better who better to allow to give the credit to than yes. the biggest Cristiano Ronaldo fan I know. Cristiano Ronaldo, two last minute goals. 89th minute and the last kick of the game to beat Ireland, putting Portugal on his back. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this. He set the world record, two world records. One was the most international goals of all time, 111. And two, the fastest jersey sales within 24 hours. He has the record for Manchester United, most jerseys sold. 24 hours. In I just want to point out one thing. We are very lucky, the three of us very lucky because we're Portuguese and Canadian. So we have... The all-time leading scorer in men's soccer, Cristiano Ronaldo. And on the women's side, Christine Sinclair, Canadian. The all-time leading scorer in women's soccer. He's got, soccer. what, 70, 76 goals to catch Christine Sinclair? Well, yeah, he's got quite a bit. I he's got quite 76. a bit. Knowing him, he'll still be 50 and still pop, yeah. popping those penalties <laughs> in there for, for Portugal. So yeah. I think I think it's safe. He'll, he'll eventually catch it. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. It, it's going to be uh, exciting to watch. Look, bottom line, let's just wrap this up by saying this. 
Portugal does have a tendency to play better without Cristiano Ronaldo. However, I disagree. You don't you don't want to you want your best players in your biggest games. So you can't have Cristiano Ronaldo on the sidelines. You need to have him there, but the players need to wake up. Cristiano Ronaldo needs to park the ego. Fernand Sanch has to regroup these guys and let them know, hey, we're all a team here, and that's the only way we're going to win because we can't just be a team of individuals or else you're never going to make yeah, it the, to Qatar. The coach has to step up for sure. I agree with you. Yeah, and that means Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Step up or step out. Step up or step out. Well, and that might just happen. Step up or step out. Those are our final thoughts this week. Thanks again for watching. Can't wait to talk to you again sometime soon. Uh, have a good one, everyone. Let me just uh, get rid of this. Here we go. Now, have a good one, everyone. Cheers. Okay.